There's a couple of things I want to tell you this morning, and uh, I, I know uh, I didn't say this in the first service, but I'm going to say it right now because I feel it. And uh, yesterday morning we had a men's breakfast as we do every Saturday. For you guys that need somewhere to go, I, I would invite you men to join up with us. It's God's doing amazing things in the hearts of men. But I, t- I started off telling the men this yesterday. I said, the blood never loses its power. Okay. The blood of Jesus, it never loses its power. I don't know what some of you are facing. I don't know what some of you are going through. I don't know the struggles that some of you may be having in your marriages with your children, with your family, in your own life, in your health, in your mindset, in your mentality, or in your emotional state. But I want you to know that the blood of Jesus never loses its power. Okay? I didn't say that first service, but I feel it this service. I want you to know that you guys are champions in my book. Champions to me. Why? Because you know where to be on a Sunday morning. And you know that you know that you can't do it without Jesus. Because if, if you didn't know that, you wouldn't be here today. And maybe some of you are in a hopeless place right now. And, and you're reaching out and you're trying to find some answers. And you're trying to find some hope. And you're coming to the God of all creation, and I'm going to tell you, He's here to meet you this morning. He's here to meet you this morning. Last night I was up late. I didn't get my uh, stuff in till late. I was watching the UFC fights. I have any UFC fans in here? Yeah. The fight was amazing. the The, the main event was Kuzmin, and uh, it was it was an amazing fight, and it went five rounds. But Kuzmin was the champion, and he was he was just taking the dude down he was beating him up he, he was just controlling the whole fight up until the last 50 sec, 56 seconds of the fight the guy, he, he did everything right and I want to say that in some of our lives in this house you've been doing everything right you've had some victories in life you've overcome a lot of stuff and you're doing everything right but you can't stop prematurely and Kuzmin put his head down and when he put his head down He got a foot right to the head and it knocked him out. And he was no longer champion. And I'm saying that to you because I call you champions because you know where to be. And you know who you need to be with in God. You know that God is the source of everything you need. But I'm asking you, don't put your head down too early. Don't don't be 56, 56 seconds from the end of the fight. You always keep your head up. And this week, and you guys have heard me talk about it the last couple weeks, I, uh, I had to take my uh, daughter to college last weekend and I wasn't here. But I want you to know that the Lord knows how to strike your heart. He knows how to strike your heart. And he struck my heart. Because he, though it's something beautiful, it was something very difficult for me. And I feel like he got my heart and he hit it with a stick. And, he, and, and I'm like, okay, God, there's things that you want me to know. There's things that you want me to feel. You you use everything. You orchestrate all things for his good. And even when you have to go through painful times of leaving your college in Cincinnati, or your daughter in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, he, he uses that to get to your heart. And he used it to get to my heart. And uh, man, I've been in this place. And I'm like, God, whatever you have to do, 
however you have to work in me, whatever it takes, God. So put up that first picture, Noden. I'm saying this to you today, family, because I want God's all for you and I want your all for God. I want you to live your life with purpose and I want you to live your life with to glorify the God of all creation who has your back and is there for you. And sometimes it takes difficult moments and sometimes it takes a striking of the heart and sometimes it takes multiple things until he gets your attention. And so I want you to know that today, whatever it takes, I want God to do whatever it takes to get you. I want God to get do whatever it takes to get you. That your attention, your eyes, your heart, everything is set on him. I want him to do whatever it takes. Are you hearing me? Can you receive that today? In this service, we're going to let God have his way. And whatever it takes, I want you to stand before him and say, God, I'm all yours and I know you're all mine. And I know the blood never loses its power. And I know I can rely on the blood. I can depend on the blood. I can call out on the blood. I can plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I can plead the blood of Jesus over my daughter, over my unsaved loved ones. And they will be saved because the blood of Jesus never loses its power. Amen. Put up the second picture. We got to have a heart of gratitude. We got to get things right, family. It says this, the best way to say I love you, God, is to live your life doing your best. Live your life doing your best. Because I I missed it a lot of times in my daughter's life. I missed it as a dad. I miss it as a husband. I miss it as a father. I miss it as a pastor. And I'm tired of missing it. I don't want to miss it too, too much. I think about one story I share. We used to do hikes and stuff, and we'd get to the car, and it'd be hot, and we'd be sweaty. And my daughter would sit to my right in the back seat, and she would take her shoes off and let her take her socks off, and she would put her sweaty feet right on my arm. And she'd be like, Dad, rub my feet. And I'm like, I'm not touching that sweaty, stinky thing. And I would smell, and I'm like, it smells like vinegar, honey. Get that foot off of me. But now that she's in Cincinnati, you know how much I wish I could have that moment back to rub that vinegar, vinegary feet that vinegary foot don't miss it don't miss it don't miss it today don't miss it with God he's wanting to do something in you he's been he's been waiting for so long for this moment to get to your heart and to just penetrate your soul and say I got something big for you if you would just let me if you would just let me the best way to say I love you God is to live your life doing your very best and the best way to say thank you God is by letting go of the past and living in the present moment right here, right now. Right here, right now. You see, God forgives you. You see, the blood of Jesus washes over all your mistakes and your errors and your sins and all your faults, and you're forgiven today. When you walked in here, the blood of Jesus cleansed you. You have a new slate, a new beginning. So you should, we should lift our hands in praise and our mouths in worship and glorify our God who has our back. I'm going to read this scripture over you. Go ahead and put the scripture up. Joel 2, 12 through 13 in the Amplified says this. He's talking to you, family. Even now, says the Lord, turn and come to me with all your heart. Turn and come to me with all your heart in genuine repentance, with fasting and weeping and mourning until every barrier is removed and our broken relationship is restored. Keep going. Rip your heart to pieces in sorrow and contrition and not your garments. 
Now return in repentance to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He's faithful to his covenant with his people. He's faithful to you. He's faithful to me. And he, and he relents his sentence of evil when people genuinely repent. Can we do that today? Can we do that today? Raise your hands towards heaven. Let's say this confession over our lives. We're going to go slow because I want you to mean every single word that comes out of your mouth. And more importantly, of it, of it coming out of your mouth, I want it to come out of your heart. Let's do it together as a family. I confess and acknowledge that God not only observes what I say and do, but also he takes note of the intent and the motivations of my heart. I am open to correction. Therefore, I hear and I obey the Holy Spirit when he speaks to me about changes I need to make in my life. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, he gives me the will and the power to make the changes he requires of me. My goal is to love God, to please him first, and to keep my heart pure so that if God took the witness stand to testify me about me, he wouldn't be able to say that I'm walking worthily of his calling upon me and that I'm doing it by the power of his spirit instead of the vain energy of my flesh. I establish my priorities as a believer in such a way that God himself can testify that I pursue him and his will for my life with all my heart, soul, and strength. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Amen. I believe you received that today. Let's pray. Father, all our hearts are wide open to you this morning. We're exposed. God, we're, we're, we're wide open. We're transparent with you. We know we're in need of you, Father. We know we're in need of a Savior. And nothing, God, nothing could ever stop the power of the blood of Jesus over our lives or in our lives or through our lives, Lord. You let the blood of Jesus flow over this place, God. There's places that are broken in people's lives that only the blood can heal. Only the blood can touch, God. There's a mentality that only the blood can restore, God. And today we're dependent on the precious blood of Jesus for our lives and for the service, God. We want to glorify you with everything that is within us, God. Thank you for striking the heart. Thank you for speaking truth to us. Thank you for loving us so much, God, that you don't give up on us. Thank you that you would help us get to the end. Like the fighter last night, he didn't finish, God. There was 56 seconds left in the fight, and he he put his head down. Don't let us put our head down. Let us keep our eyes fixed on you. Let us keep our hearts set on you, Father. Thank you for your love for us, and thank you for your goodness to us, God, in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord today. I want you to go tell someone that you're glad to see him in God's house. Go let someone know that you are so excited to be with them today as we worship the Lord.
every chain will break His broken hearts declare His name Who is like the Lord Almighty? Our God is a lion, the lion of Judah He's roaring in power and fighting our battles Every knee will bow before Him
You know, we're talking about the, we're going to sing about the goodness of God, and I'm choked up for lots of reasons, but I just look over here, and I see my, my cousins, April and Albert, and just a couple days ago, my cousin Albert was on a motorcycle, like across the street from his house, and was run over by a lady on her phone, and was trapped under somebody's car and drug for a long time and he's here in church today and he's okay and that's the goodness of God that is the goodness of God that he's okay and that his kids have a dad today and that my cousin has her husband today that's the goodness of God and I am grateful this morning because I think and if you look over your life there's so many times in your life that the Lord has spared you or given you a second, third, fourth hundredth chance because of his grace and um it's just his mercy and we just need to honor him and just praise him and be grateful this morning and just worship him for who he is amen church thank you jesus thank you jesus we worship you god thank you jesus i love you lord Oh, your mercy never fails me And all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God I love you, Lord
of the goodness of God. Come on, sing it again. It's all my life you have been faithful. time. Give the Lord a praise offering. You know, I know we could keep worshiping, but we've got some incredible things in store for the service and our very special guest today. So we're going to have to kind of 
just keep it right there where it's at. But one more time, if the Lord's been good to you, just give him a shout of praise today. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to clear up a few things in case some of you are wondering. I'm not Peyton Manning. I'm not Peyton Manning. Some of you guys were a little just confused on that, but I'm just going to clear it up. I'm not. I'm not. My name's uh, Jake, one of the pastors around here, and I am a Bronco fan, and I'm grateful, you know, that we can come together and just uh, just be, be together like this, and that we have our special guest today, um, Vance, and it's going to be an amazing service. But we're going to uh, continue our, our time of worship as we give to the Lord, and I want to make this quick, but there's something that's always been true. No matter what era we live in, how many of you guys know kids are very expensive? You guys know what I'm talking about? Kids are so expensive. Evan, come stand by me. This is our youngest, and he's 37 years old. I'm kidding. This kid's huge. And Jill's like, we got to buy all kids. Back up. You're just right up on me, man. It's just, I'm always looking, and they're like two feet bigger than me. Jill's like, we got to get all the kids um, school clothes and shoes. School's about to start. I said, why? Why do we got to get them that stuff? And she's like, you... They're, they're huge. They just keep growing and they're not stopping. She said, do you even know what size your youngest, your 11-year-old, Evan, you know what size shoe he wears? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't even know if they have a number for it. She's like, he wears a size 12 and sometimes a size 13 if they're too narrow. This kid right here, I don't know what Jill's doing. I'm not sure what's going on in the guitarist side of the family, but big kid. And so we're like, okay, and we can't even find shoes half the time. You guys know how it is out there. So we're taking them all. We're getting them all school, uh, school shoes. And I'm like, Evan, I need to see you walk because these kids, I'm convinced they don't even go into school when we drop them off. They just stand at the sidewalk and scuff their shoes for eight hours until they come home. They just, I said, I need to see you walk. Walk normal for me. I'm like, pick up your feet. Those things got to last all year. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Sit down. You're, you're, you're creeping me out. I love you. And you got to buy them all the football stuff. And it's like, can't you? And what's awesome is before they could, they could wear the hand-me-downs because there was like, there was a cap, there was a certain limit, but they're all past the hand-me-down size and age. So we got to buy the new stuff. So pray for our family. Keep us in prayer. I know we're always talking about the children of Ethiopia, but we got some children in Frederick that need, that need the move of God. We just need some help over here. They're actually doing good. They're doing good. But I want to say this. If you can empathize with that, it's not just about kids, but you get in the car and, uh, and, and you get a flat tire thing, or you have an air conditioner or some kind of, you know, your refrigerator goes out. Things just tend to wear out because that's the nature of life. And I want to read a scripture to you guys because God is so powerful. We just sang about the goodness of God. Look at this verse. Go ahead. Put that, put that scripture out. This is, this is awesome to look at, church. This is God's heart. He knows what we're going through in life, but it says this. Give to those in need. Make for yourself wallets that don't what, church? Make for yourself wallets that don't wear out. And that's powerful because it's not just talking about the physical, although I do believe God can sustain the physical, but God's talking about a mentality, a way of life, a way of thinking, a way of believing, saying, when you give, everyone say give. When you give and you live a generous life, God says, I know you're going to need things in life. I know things are going to wear down. I know that you yourself, as you continue to give, you're going to wear down. But I just want to give you this last thought before we pray. Put up that, that quote note and look at this, church. You'll never wear out when you give out, church. That's what scripture is teaching. You will never wear out when you give out. 
And that's just the, that's a principle of God. Make for yourselves wallets that don't wear out. But what, but what God's saying is if you take care of those in need, if you do what I've called you to do, I'm going to take care of you. You keep giving out, you keep giving out, you will never wear out until God calls you home. God's going to call. He's either going to return for the church or he's going to call us home. But he promises us, you do what he's called you to do. You keep giving out and you'll never wear out in Jesus' name. You'll never wear out in Jesus' name. God, I'm tired. God, I've been doing it for years. I've been doing it for decades. If you keep giving out, you will never wear out in Jesus' name. How many guys believe that's just a good word for the church today? Let's pray, church. Let's pray. As we give to the Lord, let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your always always encouraging us, God, through your word. Help us to realize, God, that as we constantly give, and it's not just our tithe, it's not just our offering, but every part of who we are, our lives, God, who we are, as we give, God, you said in your word, make for yourselves wallets that'll never wear out, God. God, you're going to take care of us, Lord. As we give out, we declare that we will never wear out in our lives, Lord. And it's not because of who we are, but it's because of who you are, God. So we ask you to take what's given today, God. We ask you to to bless it, God. We ask you to multiply it and to use it for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, please take a moment and watch these announcements. Are you longing for a deeper relationship with God? Join us Sunday nights at 6 o'clock p.m. for Thrive Sunday Nights. Come expecting your breakthrough. We have powerful worship, fellowship, teaching, and God's presence. All are welcome, and nursery care is provided. You won't want to miss it. The Thrive Church seniors are going to be putt-putting their way through Adventure Golf in Westminster Saturday, August 27th. The cost is only $7 per person. Sorry kids, this is an adults-only event. Get more information and sign up at the kiosk in the lobby today. Hey Thrive Youth! Our meeting day and time has changed. Students ages 12 to 18 should make plans to join us every Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. in the community room starting on September 7th. It's a great time to make lifelong friends and draw closer to God. Hope to see you there! Are you looking to get plugged into Thrive Church? Come out for our ministry and membership course, Paradigm. This four-week track takes place on Tuesday evenings beginning September 6th. Dinner will be served at 6.30 p.m. and class begins at 7 p.m. Child care is free. Sign up at the Guest Center today. Mark your calendars now for the Thrive Marriage Conference to Become One, Saturday, October 1st, right here at Thrive Church. If you want encouragement, affirmation, or help with your marriage, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a fun day full of exciting topics, door prizes, and a grand prize given by our special guest speakers, Pastor Bo and Teresa. A continental breakfast and lunch will be served, and child care is provided. Early bird pricing is available, so don't wait too long to register. Stop by the kiosk in the lobby for all the details. God wants your marriage to thrive, so come expecting to receive just what you need. Praise God. Did you see that cutout of Pastor Bo and I up there? That was Pastor Bo. No, I'm just kidding. Good to see you all this morning. My name's Teresa. I'm Pastor Bo's wife, and we welcome you to Thrive Church. Are you here to worship the Lord? Come on, let me hear you, Thrive. You're here to worship the Lord? Yeah, that's what I thought. Good to have you all. You all look so fresh and bright and ready to um, receive from the Word of God. So we're excited to um, uh, 
serve alongside of you. We were reading in, in our Bible study this morning about how when God brings us out of darkness, he, you know, he doesn't just bring you out of darkness, but it says that he brings you out of darkness and he seats you amongst his people. And I realized even for a split moment that he doesn't just bring you out of darkness so you can sit home all the time and go, woohoo, I'm saved. But he brings you out of darkness so that you can be amongst all of these beautiful, God-fearing, God-loving people. Because all of us together, we're the, with corporate worship, it's just the excitement and the um, privilege of worshiping together. It's beautiful, isn't it? You, you look to the right and the left of you and say, I'm glad I'm sitting next to you. Because you're awesome the way you worship the Lord. Amen. And if you are visiting with us for the first time, welcome. Welcome to Thrive Church. And I want you to, to receive from the Word of God this morning. And if you're maybe here for the first time, can you just wave at me? I won't make you stand. God bless you all, all of you. Waving at you. Good to have you all. At the conclusion of today's service, we would um, love to invite you to stop by our Welcome Center. And there you'll receive just a little welcome packet Um, It has some gifts in it. It also has some things that people have made um, specially for you to enjoy this afternoon. So make sure you stop by and say hi so we can just give you a special gift. God bless you and prepare your spirits to receive from the Word of God this morning. God bless you. Good morning. Everybody on your feet. Come on, everybody get up. Everybody reach up as high as you can. Say, I love you, Lord. One more time, I love you, Lord. Lord. Now turn around to some people around you and do this exactly the way I'm doing. They go, whoa, it looks like you've been working out. Turn to someone someone else and say, whoa, you're looking good, baby, whoa. Isn't it good to be together, everybody? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? All right. I just want to make sure. We're just, we're just thrilled today about today and what, what's going to take place in just a few minutes. This morning as uh, I was in my office preparing to uh, come out knowing that we have a guest here today and he's going to be speaking to you. And I want you to open up your hearts. And uh, there's excitement in the air and there's expectancy And that's the way it should be when we come to the house of God. Excited about God, excited about coming together. I love what Teresa said uh, uh, about just we're the family of God. You would never go somewhere without your hand, right? You never go somewhere without your foot or your leg or something like that. It's because it's part of you. And so many people are trying to do life without the hand or the leg and you're part of the body I don't know what part you are you be the head or not the head you can be the arms the legs or whatever but we're all part of the body of Christ and with you here it's just a beautiful thing when we all come together for one reason one reason over only and that's to glorify God and to worship him I love that but before I came out I was reading how Paul was speaking to Timothy And Timothy was just getting ready to step into a ministry of being a pastor. And he's trying to tell him, Timothy, you've been following me. And this is in 1 
Second uh, Timothy chapter one, verse thirteen, and he says, "You've been following me all those years," and he tells Timothy to hold true to the doctrines you've been learning, hold true to the teachings that you've received. And my prayer is is that you're not following following a man; you're following the doctrine, you're following the Bible, everybody. And shame on me if I try to lead you in another direction that's not in the Word of God. And he's just telling young Timothy, hold true to the teachings. Hold true. And one of the things before I introduce Vance is he's holding true to the doctrines of the faith. He's holding true to the Word of God. When you're around Vance and uh, you want to talk about football, that's... You know, you want to talk about, hey, what, what was the most exciting day on the football field? And he'll answer your question, but he gets more excited about Jesus anymore than the football field. Not, and he, I know he loves, I know he loves the Broncos. You know, uh, I know he, lo- he loves Denver. One day he'll be back in Denver. He lives in Tucson, Arizona right now, but one day he'll be back here. God will open the doors and that's God's timing, not his timing. But one day he'll be back here, and, and then uh, he'll be with us a lot more here. This is what he calls his home church here. He loves you folks. But one of the things Vance has done, he's holding to the, the doctrine of the faith. And I'm so proud of him that when he's not here, wherever he's at, he's, he's uplifting Jesus. He's talking to people about the Lord. And, and I just praise God for a man of God like that, that's out there and telling people about Jesus and loving on the Lord. Well, this morning, it's my privilege, everyone, to uh, welcome back again. And I, I prayed about him coming back in the right time, and the time is right now. And so if you're here today, it's not by accident. It's not by accident that you're here. And my prayer is that your heart is totally, like Jill was singing, that your heart is surrendered to the Lord. But if it's not, I want to give you the opportunity at the conclusion of this service so that you can say, I belong to Jesus. I belong to the Lord. Would you put your hands together, everybody? Come on. Welcome to the Mile High City. Come on. Welcome one of our own, Vance Johnson, as he comes and ministers the Let's do this. Vance. How's that? Vance. Vance. Thanks, thanks. I wonder how many times. I wonder how many times. Jesus, Jesus, yeah, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. Amen. Amen. Yes. And I just want to just uh, validate what Pastor Bo said and Pastor Jake because I'll tell you what. Just like when I was a kid, I only wanted to be a part of sports, and I always listened to my coach. And so you know what I call pastors, coaches, because they call the right play, don't they? And they do it from the playbook. And what's our playbook? The Bible. Yes, absolutely. And that's why everything that I do when I share my testimony, I always enlighten it by showing how when I was an athlete, when I was doing and running the right play, even though it was going to be hard sometimes and I was going to struggle sometimes, I had to get back on the field again. And the enemy tries to come and figure out how he can just make you relapse and make you fumble and make you do all these different things. But when you start to resist the devil, what does he do? He flees. Exactly. Doesn't mean he ain't going to try to come back. But we just know we just have to quit and just learn how to deny our flesh. And so I just give God praise. You know, this being one of the, uh, in fact, this is the first church that I was able to come share my testimony when Pastor Bo and Pastor Jake ended up reaching out to me. And I just want to give God praise for these brothers. 
Yes, absolutely. And even God's word says, let another praise you. So I just give God praise for what they've done to just pour into me. Because even though I was uh, sharing my testimony, I still was that kind of, I was that baby Christian. So they literally just put hands on me and prayed over me and stayed in contact with me and even helped me through some things that I was still enduring in my new faith in my walk with Christ, even though I called myself even as a kid a believer. But I'll get into that too because there's a difference between being a believer and a believer that follows. Because the Bible says even the demons believe, don't they? Absolutely. So why don't you guys just go ahead and have a seat real quick. And I want to just show something to you guys that was just really awesome. And I hope I'm on target here because some of you are like, that guy's too short. He didn't play in the NFL. (laughs) Well, can I prove it? Awesome. So here's the highlight of Vance Johnson's career. And running the right play. That's why I call pastors coach. Has acquired this pick from Houston and has selected Vance Johnson, wide receiver, Arizona. It's very rare that you see a wide right. receiver with the, the rare speed, the 4 4 speed. You know, Zim mentioned 4 2 8, which was accurate, mm-hmm. by the way. So I think uh, Vance Johnson will fit in very well with Denver. It's a position they needed to fill. Vance Johnson, what a catch! Winder is in as Elway rose to the right. Leaping catch by Ben Johnson for a touchdown. The second round draft pick quickly made an impact. Ben Johnson kicked in the speed. Using his greatest asset to become one of John Elway's top targets. That's a fine, fine catch. Good throw, but a great catch by Ben Johnson. The ability to elude defenders and his quick-witted persona helped Johnson win the hearts of Denver fans. Awesome. Thank you. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. I sure appreciate that. And I always like to share when I share my testimony with people how when I threw my hands up, unfortunately it wasn't about you. Guess who was it about? That self-righteous dude. And so, and you know, it isn't, I forgot to tell you this. It cost me $15,000 when I threw that ball up in the stands because the Broncos ended up getting sued because someone got beat up because they wanted that touchdown pass that Vance threw up, in, up, in the, up there. And so I would get fined pretty often until I decided to stop throwing the ball up in the stands. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's see where I'm going to get to right now. And, oh, you know, oh, okay, so just the other day, a couple days ago, I was actually invited to come speak at a church that allowed a lot of guys that ended up being homeless but had some housing now, and they bring them into the church, and they feed them and clothe them and everything, and they're new Christians but they're men of God that just really want to grow in their walk. And I said, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm going to prove to you that I was right where you were. So when I share my testimony, I talk about how my transparency and being offered the opportunity to come here to Thrive Church to share my testimony and just be very transparent. I said, I would love for Pastor Bo Sosa and even the church body there at Thrive Church for you guys to say hello to them. So can you show that video? This so let's check it out, Pastor Bo Sosa. I want to introduce you to some guys. Say what's up to the body of Thrive Church. What's up, Thrive Church? We're men of God. Find some more water walkers. God bless you. All right. Amen. Yes. Yes. Praise God. <laughs> yes. This is how God is using me. This is truly how God is using me. Because when they heard my testimony and they were like, well, when you, how did you go share that testimony? And I said, the very church that I'm getting ready to fly back out to. This weekend, just, just a couple of days ago, guys. And so I just gave God praise that I was allowed to be with the body because I just called Colorado home. 
And I'll get into that too, why you guys are my brothers and sisters in the faith. And I need to be strengthened even more by being around the body of God. Because as I share my testimony, how I'm just leading people to Christ. You know, in this world, there are a lot of unbelievers. And we just have to pray for them and even love our enemies, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So even the Apostle Paul, guys, when he came to the, even the end of his ministry, because even in the beginning he talked about, you know, not that I've attained all of this, but I press on for the upward prize that Christ has called me to. So even uh, at the end of his, his uh, ministry, it says here in 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me. On that day, and not only me, but also to all ha- who have loved his appearance. Uh, appearing, yes. And that's all of us because that's the reason why, guys, I'm on Jesus' team and we're all on the same team. Yes. In fact, I'll go ahead and say this real quick instead of saying it at the end. You know, in the NFL, because your average career only lasts from two to five years, and I ended up playing 10 years, but you know what the NFL stands for when you play in the NFL? Not for long. <laughs> but you know what the NFL stands for when you play for Team Jesus? Now for life. Yeah. NFL. Yes. And I'm never going to get, get cut off this team. I walk away, but know what? I ain't going to walk away because I'm on Team Jesus. And for the rest of my life, it's the very promise I made. Yes. Denver Broncos, when you drop a pass and you kept dropping it because you kept doing the wrong thing off the field, you end up getting cut. So... But Jesus and his love and his grace and mercy, sometimes we drop the pass. But you know what he says? Get back on the field, running it right to this time. We all have choice, like Pastor Bo was saying. Yes, absolutely. So, okay, so Friday, uh, let's see where, where I'm at here. Oh, so today I want to share how God is just using me, this former pro ball player, 10 years, three Super Bowls, who was only happy when I was playing on the field with hundreds of thousands of people watching on television, tens of thousands watching and cheering for me, they were in the stadium, thinking I had become famous and finally I had made it, that I had an identity. This is what I thought growing up, that I was going to have an identity when I became famous one day, even when I was around four or five years old, knowing that I was going to be that famous ball player. Not knowing, and all of you know this because you guys live in the light, because you guys are child and, and of God, that because, okay, because you guys walk in the light rather, and an identity is actually received, not achieved. I thought an identity had to be uh, something that you achieve. No, it's received in Christ Jesus. So I, walked, I used to always walk by my feelings, not by my faith back in those days. It wasn't long after being drafted by the Broncos that in my professed righteousness, that even off the field that I struggled, guys, during my career. And I was ripped off by my agent within a few days of signing a contract with the Denver Broncos. I never had a bank account when I was a kid, and not even when I got to the NFL. So my agent gave me a bank account, and all the money that I signed with the Denver Broncos, when I came to go get a couple, like about $10,000 out so I can go buy a Rolex, when I showed up at my bank account, I had, well, I was supposed to have over $150,000 in there. It had less than $27 in there when I went to go get the money. My agent ripped me off. This was in my, the first few days of me signing with the Denver Broncos. Yep. And also... Because I used to go out to Las Vegas after every ball game to the point where now Las Vegas started flying me out there because they knew what I was going to do when I was out there. Sometimes they would allow me to win, but the majority of the time they would make sure that I lost. And the Broncos had to send them over $200,000 to let me leave Las Vegas one time. 
thanks for letting me be transparent with you guys about the old dance. Because this is who I was in my self-righteousness. Because it was all about money. And didn't the Bible says the, 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 uh, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil? Yeah. That was where I lived at. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, though. God's grace and mercy, I'm telling you. You know, and there's a difference between being a believer, like I said, and a believer that follows. Because the Bible even says even the demons believe. Yes. You know, throughout my career and my sins and the different sorceries that I practice, calling myself a believer, but even dating and marrying witches and practicing sorcery and letting people read my palms and tell me what type of woman I was going to meet, where I was going to meet them at, even what their names were, it ended up happening, guys. I was of the devil back then. I was of the devil. I had, to, I had the losses and my addictions, my foreclosures. I lost many properties in foreclosure. I had jail time because I would even end up even crashing into some of my ex-wives because I'd be in another woman's car butt naked. And my wife would bust me and I'd crash into her. And so they would end up putting me on probation rather than throwing me in jail so I can go out and make touchdowns on the weekend. So what you saw in those highlights, behind the scene, I was living for the devil, not for God. And we're supposed to glorify him in all, of the, all that we do in our body. Yes. And I didn't know that back in the day, guys, because I wasn't a studier of the Bible and I only listen to my coach on the field, but that's the reason why I call our pastors coaches because they tell you to play to run when you're off the field. Absolutely. So how can God use, and show this photo of me in a coma, how can God use this guy that is not only after my coma became very weak. Oh, I'm going to tell you what ended up happening to me in that coma because some of you hadn't heard my testimony. But in that coma, that was day 24 of my 28-day coma. And they told my family to come out and say goodbye to Vance. So my, my sister flew out to take a deathbed picture of me. My body is shut down, and they said, Vance is not going to live past the next day or so, so you got to come say goodbye. And my mom told the doctors who knows this space that your son is going to die. And my mom told the doctor, no, he's not. God's not done with my son. Is that amazing? Yes. And on day 28, my eyes opened up, and I asked the doctor and my mother and my father, did this ex-wife come and say goodbye to me? Because by this time, guys, I was already married seven times. Seven times. And I asked specifically about two of my seven ex-wives coming to visit with me to say their goodbyes. And two pastors, and I said them by name, coming to pray over me that God would heal me. And everyone was like, Mr. Johnson, those two ex-wives out of your seven showed up and those two pastors. But you never met them. But that was their names. So do you know what happened? The spirit inside of me when my body is shut down, was witnessing the people that were visiting me on my deathbed. There is a spirit inside of you. And so that's why I just give God praise. And I even saw, yes, yes, even afterwards, guys, even afterwards, before I left the hospital, I would see these things walking into my room that I couldn't recognize them. But I started to realize years later that I must have been possessed by demons. And those were the very demons that possessed me. And the Bible even says they leave and they come back to the house they used to dwell in, right? But guess what Jesus told them? You can't go back in him. I didn't know that was scriptural too. So they came back, but obviously they were trying to test Jesus, but they ended up fleeing again. And so then I, st I still dealt with the flesh because I relapsed several times and I just kept crying out to God because I wanted to just repent from my sins and just be that new creation. And shortly after that, I was able to get that help. But I want to share something that happened actually. In the book of, uh, oh, you know what? I forgot about this part. It showed how weak I was. I didn't graduate. I had no education. 
And I was so foolish in my mind because of my concussions and the CTE that many NFL ball players struggle with. And I didn't know back then that even through God's word that he chose people that weren't anything to glorify him in this world. In the book of 1 Corinthians 1, 26 and 27, the Apostle Paul said, it was, yeah, the Apostle Paul, I think it was, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. I was a million dollars in debt when God called me. I didn't know he would call somebody that didn't have anything. I thought it was only those righteous people that were called. And it goes on. Instead, God chose things of this world that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who are wise in their, in their eyes. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. So God can use anybody and everybody. And so I just give God praise that he's able to use my brothers and sisters here in the faith. Yes. Yes. And because of my mind and the things that I was dealing with back then and the CTE and the forgetting that I even had a son, and guess what my son's name was that I forgot, and I never even met him when he was in his mom's belly. His name was Vance. I didn't even remember I had a son named Vance. And I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. Do you know I met that young man who was 38 years old for the first time? Guess what year? 2022. Wow. Yes. I didn't meet my son. Now, I heard from him a couple years ago, and he reached out to me because he was facing jail time because he ended up being homeless. His, his mom was married five times. I was married seven times. So he was homeless in Tucson, Arizona. So I actually said, let me talk to your attorney. Let me talk to the, the courts. And I told the courts and testified on his behalf and said, it was his father's fault. It's not his fault. I said, I abandoned him. He was sexually molested by his mother's boyfriends. He ended up getting kicked out of the house. And they said, Mr. Johnson, we didn't know your son's past, and so we're not going to put him in jail if you'll get him in long-term care. And my son's coming up now on two years clean. Yes. 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 And I am so transparent that I literally met my son for the first time in 2022 in April. I'm sorry, actually, it was uh, right before the beginning of 2022 at my mother and father's house. And I posted this on my social media because I wanted people to see how you are to repent to those you have sinned against. And I hit my knees at my mom and dad's house, and my son said, Dad, I forgive you, and I love you. And so I've reunited with my son and even my daughter, yes. The very kids I abandoned in childhood, I've reunited with, even my own grandkids. So God had a plan for me, guys, the whole time. And I give God praise. And I tell people, even if you haven't seen your kid for seven, eight years, guess what? I didn't see the one I abandoned for 38 years. And he forgave me when I repented to him. So only by God's grace was that happening. Yes. And it will take some time for him to follow Christ prayerfully. But one day I hope that he now sees that my old dad is not the same dad. My father's a Christian and he follows only Christ Jesus. Yes. Absolutely. I'll go on to the very platform that God allowed me to fall off of, that Jesus snatched me out of the fire when I just cried out. And even my own mom's prayers, and Pastor Bo knew this from the very beginning, because my mom's prayers, ever since I was a child, because I grew up in a really horrible atmosphere in the home that I grew up in and around, and I'll share that testimony if I ever come back out again, of how the struggles that I dealt with in my mental illness. But it wasn't until that I got saved that, sharing my testimony here at Pastor Bo's church that I was asked by the NFL when they had found out about me sharing here at the church if they could do a documentary about me. And I said, yes, they could. And so they said, well, we want to come out to Colorado so we can talk with you there. I said, I live in Pennsylvania. They said, okay, we'll stop there. And they did all the different interviews. 
And they said, can we go out to your son's gravesite in Colorado so you can go ahead and just actually, you know, just tell, tell us your why. And I said, absolutely. So when we came out here to Denver, Colorado, guys, we went to the place, and I think it was called Golden Cemetery. There's over 145,000 bodies buried out there. And when we got out there, I told the guys, you know what, I don't know where my son is buried at. They said, Mr. Johnson, that's okay. We'll ask the people who run the cemetery, and it might take a couple hours or so to find out where your son's body is. And so what we'll do is we'll just take you around in the car and interview you. And if we can't go to your son's gravesite, that's okay. We're at least where he is at. And do you know, the very thing that I was asking God to do happened less than 30 seconds while we were driving and they were interviewing me. I want you to watch this video and watch what I ended up seeing while I was driving. Blaming everything on them. So my life is just spiraling out of control with addiction. But the turning point was when I knew that God had a plan for me. After all these years of domestic issues and addictions, in the height of my career and touchdowns and Super Bowls, and that it was all for nothing. I realized that, no, it was all for a purpose. I didn't even know where he was the first time, so I walked around this graveyard for hours looking for him. It was so surreal to me that I remembered him being buried, but I was high. And so I never thought, there he is right there. here and uh, tell you that I kept my promise. For the rest of my life, all I want to do is just travel around this country and just offer hope. And because my addiction took me away from you and your brothers and sisters, I have a story now that I can tell people. My why, my why I'm sober, my why I'm clean, my why I wake up every day. Hope that people will listen to me so I can be a part of breaking the stigma that people don't have to die in their addictions. They don't have to be ashamed to talk about it. And there's so many of us athletes that people look up to and they cheer for us by the tens and thousands. And whatever we do, they wanna, they wanna idolize and worship. And so that's why I get this platform now to offer hope to everyone. And like I said, by the grace of God, I'm able to do that now for the rest of my life. You know what's really interesting, guys? Thank you so much for that. So NFL Films, when I share what my, who my why was, they clipped that part out. Because who's my why? Jesus. Exactly. They ended up clipping that part out. So, but that's okay. Because you know why? Because then people all of a sudden, they go to my social media on my Vance Inspires uh, Facebook page, and they see who my why is. So even though what the enemy means for evil, God's going to turn out for good. Yes. And so, yes, absolutely. And I just give God praise. So now I'm the recovery ambassador at a program called America's Rehab Campuses here in Arizona. And I've been in recovery now coming up on nine years. Praise God for that. Yes. Yes. Because I had just got clean when I was offered the opportunity to come out and share my testimony here at Pastor Bo's church. And that's the reason why I call Pastor Bo and, and Pastor Jake coaches because they really just led me to where I needed to go in the scriptures and staying in contact with me. And the very thing that I'm doing now is leading all those who are struggling with loved ones, dealing with different types of addictions and different issues, whether it's mental illness or not. Even the NFL, and I didn't even share this at the last service, just a couple days ago, not only did I hear about a, a former Denver Bronco killing himself, 
but I was contacted two days ago by the NFL about a guy out in California that plays that just walked away from the game needing some help, some help with some mental illness. And so no matter where people are in the country, if they reach out to Vance Johnson, I'm going to find a program that fits that person. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And being in that space now, this is just the very promise I made God. And just yesterday, uh, two days ago rather, I was asked because the University of Arizona found out that I'm back home too. And the head coach now used to actually work with the Denver Broncos. And some of the players that played with me as teammates are now coaches. And they said, Vance, we need the most famous Denver Bronco who's in the Hall of Fame here and famous Wildcat to come back and share their testimony with these youth. And I said, I'd love to. And they, so I showed up, and there was 108 football players in there. And I said, hey, guys, let me ask you a question, because I made it to three Super Bowls and played 10 years in the NFL. I want you to raise your hand if you're willing to take my advice so that you can be victorious in life. And they all raised their hands. And guess what I was doing? I was setting them up to tell them what they better not do off the field. <laughs> yes. And so I t- ended up telling these young men, let me tell you right now, the very thing I did when I was a freshman in college, I ended up getting two girls pregnant my first two times having sex. And you better not be having sex with no woman you ain't married to. And I tell them also, and don't you start smoking no weed and doing no gambling and drinking no alcohol because I'm telling you right now, guys, it's going to end up you falling and crashing. And eventually, and your, your coach is sitting right over there, I want you to kick them off the team if they if get busted doing that stuff. So you guys promise to take my advice, so I want you to do the right thing. Raise your hand if you're going to take my advice. They all raised their hands. <laughs> yes. And after sharing my testimony and talking about how I, it was started all here at Thrive Church, many of them start coming down to me and saying, Mr. Johnson, I don't have a dad. Would you mind, sir, if I stay in contact with you so that you can mentor me while I'm growing up in my, my athletic career? And you know what I said? Yes. yes. And so when I get back to Tucson, Arizona here tonight and tomorrow, I'll be planning on meeting with some of those guys. And that's the reason why God is just using me, guys, I'm telling you. Yes. Yep, absolutely. You know, Jesus, when he was here on earth, and I think this is in Hebrews, yeah, 4, 16, all throughout his ministry of Jesus, he healed those around him physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Physically, my injuries, my ankle injuries, because my, my ankle was replaced and I have a screw with 14 screws in it, a, a plate with 14 screws in it. My knees, I had no cartilages, no ligaments, and I had no posterior, no anterior cruciates. My red and white blood count, and this is after my career. My hemoglobin count was 16.1. My mental illness because of my concussions. And guys, just, you know, we're supposed to walk by the spirit, not by the flesh. But back then, I only walked by the flesh. And that's the reason why I truly struggled before I became that man of God. And that way, may receive, oh, oh, wow, okay, I already jumped in that scripture. So let's go down to, you know, but Jesus let thy will be done. Oh, you know what? Let me go back up to that scripture that I wanted to read. And the reason why when all these things ended up happening and God healing me. Because I even had some different things that ended up happening to me with the colonoscopy test that I took this year. But several years ago, I was taking colonoscopy tests and I was having to go to the hospital every two weeks. And it got to the point where they said, Mr. Johnson, you need to make this an ongoing thing because there are things inside of your body that are eventually going to kill you. And you might not live even over the next eight, nine years because of what's happening inside of your body unless you take care of this so we can help you. And I ended up moving to several states, and I ended up forgetting. And eventually, when I moved out to, in 2022, Arizona, the NFL reached out and said, Mr. Johnson, you need to go see a doctor there. And I was like, oh, I forgot back then when you guys told me what was inside my body. 
And so I felt like, well, it's 10 years later, so almost 10 years later, so I'm probably going to die. So I said, as long as I can bring my cell phone, because I want to show people that I live for God and I'm also going to die for God. And they said, sure. And so I recorded even before they put me under. And so when they put me under and they brought me and woke me back up, I said, give me my phone because, before I ask this question. And so I recorded the doctor. And I ended up posting this, by the way. I said, what did you find inside of my body? And looked, he looked at me and said, nothing. There's nothing inside my body. Yes. And guys, I'm not allowed to lie because I sent proof from years ago to that doctor that he had to read through to show the things that were inside my body. But when he did that test, God healed me, guys. Yes, amen. And that's why I give God praise because this is how, this is how when I follow Jesus, I see that even Jesus, when he was there and had to go pay the price on the cross, he asked God that he would not have to do it. But what did he say? Let whose will be done? Yes, God's will. And that's why at the end of every one of my prayers, and we all have loved ones that we pray for, and sometimes they end up dying, right? But we ask that God's will be done, not ours. And so that's just why I just worship Jesus every single day. It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. And that's the reason why. I just love it, guys. And so I'm, I feel so comfortable. Did, God, did they pray over me downstairs? Do I have energy this time? Oh, my goodness. Something happened last night, guys, where uh, there was fi- a fire alarm at the hotel, so we all had to run outside. And I won't get into what ended up happening. But I only slept about two hours last night. Yes. So, but the enemy meant for evil. God meant for good. Absolutely. And so I appreciate the brothers that prayed over me downstairs because I really needed to get some energy because I was out of energy, as you know. Pastor Bo had to take me to his office so I could just hang out for a minute before I came in here. Oh, praise God. You know, I mentioned that God uses all. And I'm going to use some scripture examples. Have you guys heard about Mary Magdalene? I'll show you how I compared with her. And this is in the book of Luke 8, 1 and 2. Soon after Jesus began the tour of nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God, he took his 12 disciples with him along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. Guess who was also demonized? And I told you guys what happened when I ended up waking up and seeing those demons that possessed me. I didn't know Jesus would use somebody. God would use somebody that was demonized in their past. He could use anybody. Amen. And that's why I just give him praise for that. My goodness, I just love our Lord. Yes, amen. Mary, who was delivered of demons, demon possession, and brought into close friendship with Christ himself, Jesus healed her spiritually, emotionally, physically by delivering her from oppression and being her friend. And now was that guy in, oh, I just, I'm, I'm almost in tears right now just reading this stuff that God just did through so many people that were living the lifestyle that I was living. So the woman at the well, I always compare myself to her because I'm the man at the well. She was only married five times. And when I read that scripture in the, the book of John, yeah, uh, yeah, the book of John 4.1, when I read that scripture, it just blew my mind that Christ forgave somebody that was married that many times. And the very thing she did after asking for that living water, he said, go back and get your wife and come back. Um, get your husband rather and come back. And uh, I was like, I have to go get my wife. I'm not married. Just like he said to her. And she said, he said, no, you're not married. You have five husbands. Now you're not married. The one you're with. And that was me. And so that's the very thing that she did. She ran back in the very town that people knew her history so that she could talk about the Christ. And then they all went to the Christ and believed even more. 
And guess what I promised Jesus when he forgave me for my sins? That I wanted to run back into Colorado and tell everyone about Jesus who saved me. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And you as believers know that the ones I want to reach are the ones that maybe don't know Christ. And that's the very promise I, I made God and that's what I do to this very day. And I want to share with you guys, I'm going to go ahead and hop down to exactly what, how God is just using me right now and the people that I'm able to just spend time with and just share the hope with. So, and it's right down here, that as an America's Rehab Campus ambassador there, I have these one-on-ones with different types of clients that are in treatment, whether they're 18 or even up to my age or even older. And I'm running into there in Tucson, Arizona, former junior high school mates of mine that are my age, high school and college mates that are like, Vance, I wanted to be like you and I used to compete against you, but then you became famous and now you're telling me that you struggle with addiction too? I said, yes, and I've only been clean nine years and they're in treatment today. And they said, thank you, Vance, because that shows me that because I wanted to be like you, I should have been more like God wanted me to be. Yes, absolutely. This is how God is just truly using me. The other thing I'm doing is I'm talking to loved ones who have family members at home I met with a guy not too long ago that he hadn't seen his dad for seven years and his mom for seven years living on the streets. And he said, and I would love my mom and dad to know that I'm doing good while I'm in treatment. And you know what I asked that young man? Give me dad's address and I'll go for you. And so I went and he said, Vance, I haven't talked to my son in almost seven years. I would really love to let him know how much I love him and I want him to come back in our house and I want to apologize about abusing his mom when he used to live here because it's my fault that he ended up leaving and going in the streets. And I said, can I record you? He said, yes. And so I recorded him, and he started crying and saying, son, I love you. Here's dad's phone number. Please call when you get ready to get out of treatment to come back to live with me and your mom. And guess what? He went back to his dad's and mom's house. Yes. You see how God is using me? This is how the Lord is using me. I do interventions. I meet people in hospitals. I take them to the hospital. I take family members just to go meet with loved ones so I can just share my testimony as that famous guy to talk to that homeless person that you can get help. And I help them whatever way I can. I'm not going to boast of the things that I used to do when I was helping the homeless because I used to show that on my social media that I would give this poor person, that homeless person money. And I post it and it got up to like 150,000 views. And then I started seeing how advanced. No, you're supposed to boast in Christ, not self. And so I end up repenting on my social media and saying I'm taking this down and I'm never going to brag about me helping the homeless anymore. So what I do behind the scenes now, I don't boast about anymore because I just want to be used by Christ so that I can offer that hope. Yes. Yes. Even visiting, you know, people that are homeless, I was actually reached out to by uh, the the city council of Arizona housing director for the homeless there just only about a week ago, and I spoke with them about three or four days ago, that they wanted me to come talk to the homeless because many of the homeless are dealing with different addictions as well. And they said, we want those to get into treatment before they come into the housing. And so I shared my testimony with them, and I even shared scripture with them that said, you know what, the kingdom of God is waiting for the homeless, for those who love him. And so you need to honor and obey him, even in your homelessness and being broke, and you'll probably get there before me. And they were like, Mr. Johnson, I never heard that was in the Bible. I said, yes. And they said, thank you so much. So many of them are starting to seek the Lord. I'll go on with, let's see. Oh, yeah, the uh, University of Arizona, because I'm in the Hall of Fame there, they ended up reaching out to me and asking me to come share with those college kids. And I just really want to just pour into all of them, like I mentioned to you earlier. And this is what scripture I want to share that just proves what we are called to go do to the people that, that we see are less than us. 
Jesus said in Matthew 5, 25, 35, and 36, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And then all the way down in verse 25, verse 40, he said, And the king will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you had did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you have done it to me. And this is the very thing that I do. And so that just proves scriptural exactly how Vance lives his life every single day. Yes, I give God praise. Yes. Pastor Bill, if you want to come on up. I'm going to close with reading this one last scripture in 1 Thessalonians 3, 10 and 13. Letters to the church of the Thessalonians. And this is going to be us talking to the brothers and sisters who we need to just pour into to offer the hope to them. As we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see your face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all of his saints. Yes. Would you get on your feet, everybody? Can we just give God praise? Thanks, Coach. For what God is doing in Vance Johnson's life. Come on, everybody. Let's give God praise in the house for what he's doing. And if it wasn't for you, Coach, if it wasn't for you, Coach, I wouldn't be here. Because he was the first one, because I was a new believer, guys. And he was the one that helped me. And guess what he would tell me to stop doing? The stuff that I still was kind of trying to do or think was okay. But he just kept pouring into me and just kept leading me so that now I could be that true man of God. And, oh, I forgot to say this. I'm going to be getting ordained into ministry too. So, yes, absolutely. I love that, guys. I love that. Would you bow your heads with me, please, this, this morning? What is the Holy Spirit saying to each one of you? See, he's got a way of speaking so clearly that you don't have to wonder, is it me? Is this just my thinking? Or No, it's, it's the Lord speaking to every one of us. This morning, this is u- unique, but I, I want to ask you, where are you in your life? Where are you in your walk? What addictions are you dealing with this morning that's pulling you pulling you away from your purpose in life, pulling you away from your family, from your children, destroying your life. What addictions? Please close your eyes because I want the Holy Spirit, when you close your eyes, the Spirit of God can really get a hold of your attention, get a hold of your life. What is your addiction doing to you? Destroying your marriage? Destroying your relationships? Yes. destroying your purpose, your call. See, I know this. Every one of you have a reason why you were born. The devil wants to destroy you. Yes. But God wants to turn that around. Amen. And make something good of your life. Amen. But if you're here today, I want to I ask you, how many of you are dealing with addictions and you want God to change your life and just set you free? You're here today and you have addictions. No one's looking around. No one needs to look around. 
But there's addictions that you're dealing with. Would you raise your hand? Just be honest all over this building. Please be honest. Would you be honest? Raise them up high. I just, Vance, look at this. Just no one looking. Just, just with God, Vance. Thank you, you just for your looking. transparency. I you love you guys. put your hands down. You know, there's something that I want you to do. And it's going to take a bold walk. It's going to be boldness. But I want you to do something for yourself. You hear me? I want you to do something for your family. Because the enemy is destroying the very thing that he tries to bless you with. Some of you, you were put with that lady, that man, because he loved you and there was a plan for your life. But because of your addictions, it's been destroyed. And God says, let me change it. Let me change you. Let me turn that around. I was that guy. Let me bring healing to your life. Maybe you raised your hand. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. But you're in an addiction right now and you need help. All throughout this building, you may be in the lobby area because you just couldn't take, you can't even stand in this room, but you had to go outside and just, you, you just had to get away. But even if you're in the lobby or you're on TV right now and you have addiction, God wants to set you free today. Yes. Lord. My Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Free indeed. And that's Jesus Christ. Yes. But you're standing in this room and you need to be set free from an addiction. Can I meet you right here, right now? Get out of your seat. And you, the rest of you just clap and encourage people right now. But you have an addiction that you need set free from. I want you to come right now all over the building. I know this is hard. I know this is difficult. But I'm going to obey God. I'm not going to obey anything else. No one's feeling my feeling. But you come on. Keep clapping. Come on. Encourage these people. Come on. Come up here. You have some addictions. You have some addictions. I want you to come. Come on. Come on, keep encouraging people. Keep encouraging them. Keep encouraging them. The very addiction that you're dealing with will destroy you. But God says, I can set you free today. So I want you all just to know this. God's for you. He's not against you, son. And I know that in your mind you can say, I, I'm gonna, I'll live this way for the rest of my life. Here's the testimony of today that God can help you and just remove all of the addictions. The only thing he lives for now, I'm just telling you, is to live a life that's pleasing to God and to help his family and bring his family together. In the sound booth, I'm asking you, are you back there? Are you guys good back there? Are you over ushers? Do you need to be up here? Because there's addictions in your life. I'm just asking. Maybe you need to, maybe you need to look, look over to your right or left and say, if, if you have the courage to go up, I'll walk with you. Maybe you need to check the person next to you. And maybe they're struggling. You know it. You know it. And maybe you need to say, I'll walk up there. I'm, I will walk with you so you don't have to walk by yourself. Because right up here, God's going to set you free. I'm going to count to three and I'm going to close. But if you need to be up here, ask your neighbor. You know where they're at in life. Say, listen, it's time for you to, to live a better life. It's time for you to change your life. Somebody next to you needs to say, stop. Stop what you're doing and get back to God. Have you, are you doing it? Are you doing it? Because everyone, are you looking at me? Just if there's someone next to you that you need to talk to, talk to them and just get them up here. Everybody take a step forward. Everybody get closer. Come on. 
Do, do you need to be up here? Over here. Do you need to come up? Do you need to come up? In the back. Do you need to come up? Do you need help? I want you to come. I need you to come. Here, here, here's the deal. Vance used to talk a good talk. He could talk himself out of problems. Some of you, you're good talkers, but you're going to remain in your bondage. You could, you could talk it, say I'm okay, but you're not okay. You're not all right. And God says, God says, you know what? Today is the day of salvation. You know what that means? That word salvation, not only giving your life to God, but asking God to heal you completely. Salvation is healing your spirit, your mind, your soul, and cleaning all that junk out of you, getting the demons out of you, and all that stuff, so you can be a better person, a better woman, better man for God. Anybody else need to come up? I, I don't mind this at all. Hey, listen, I'll stand up here all day, give an altar call. But I'm just one, one more person. Are you out there? And you need to be up here. Anybody else? Get up here and let God work in your life. Just get up here and let God work in your life. Anybody else? Okay. Bow your heads, everyone in this room. Say, dear God, I messed up. Come on, say it again. Dear God, close your eyes, everybody. Say, dear God, I need you today. I messed up. Please forgive me. Jesus, come into my life. Everybody, touch your heart right now. Start right here, Lord. Right here in my heart. Start in my life. Turn my life around. I need peace. I need all the junk. I've messed up so many times. I need my past healed. I want to start today as a brand new person. Jesus, I'm crying out to you today. I call on you today. Answer my prayer. Set me free. Come on, say it again. Set me free from the chains, from the bondages I put myself in. Give me your love. Give me your peace. From this moment forward, I will serve you. I will walk with you. Talk to me, God. Set me free today from my bondages. In Jesus' name we pray. I now belong to you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, shout in this house right now. Come on, shout in this house. Lord, thank you, Lord. Some of you, can I tell you, I'm so proud of you coming up. I look at some of you and you're so beautiful, but yet there's things that are in your life. Don't no one go nowhere. Just stay right where you're at. Mr. Tebow, stay right here, okay? This, this is so important right now. Please keep them up here. Please keep everybody here. I want Vance to speak one more thing into your life. Once he gave his heart to the Lord, he had to do something. And I want him to say something. He, uh, he didn't know he was going to say this, but I want him to say something that's helped him from the first day he gave his heart to the Lord to right now where he's standing in this pulpit and giving his testimony and God is changing lives. Speak one more thing into him, Vance. 
very thing that I had to know is I had to have faith, not in self, but in Christ. And so I knew it was going to take time. But just like I told you guys when I was an athlete, I had to run the right play. And so when Christ said, pick up your cross, how often did he say once a month? Daily. And so to me, that meant that he nailed our sins and addictions to the cross. So that addiction had no more power over me. And so I had to make a choice every single day. And that's why I just give God praise, guys. And even when I first gave myself to the Lord, there were still some types of sins that I still was struggling with. Because the enemy was trying to find ways to get me to relapse over and over again. But God, in his grace and his love and his mercy, he showed me the way. And when Christ nailed all of our sins and addictions to the cross, he set us free. And we are free indeed. And that's the reason why, just like I told Pastor Bo before, we didn't have this conversation about this part. I didn't know this was going to happen. The legacy that Vance Johnson wants to leave here in Colorado is I want to have a Vance Johnson Recovery Center that is a Christ-centered recovery program. Yes. Christ-centered. So that way when I die, they can say, you remember that football player Vance Johnson? They'll say, yes, but guess what? He played on Team Jesus, and they have a program now named after him, but leading the people to Christ in their recovery. Not how they can be a great football player, even though I still love my Denver Broncos. Stay loyal to your team. We play for Team Jesus, don't we? Yes. Mike, I want you to close this service. Speak into these people, please. Amen. What an amazing uh, response to the Lord, to the Holy Spirit that's working inside each and every one of you. I started off the service saying this this, this morning. The blood never loses its power. All right? So I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus over every one of you. And some of you are going to need more help than just this. So we have a recovery program here at this church. It's on Tuesdays and Friday nights. I would love to do life with you. Okay? We need each other. We need each other. I told the guy this yesterday. I said, don't worry about it. Let's just keep moving in that direction. And we're all going to be at the finish line. And then we'll celebrate. Okay? We're all going to get there because we're going we're gonna to hold each other accountable and we, we're going to keep urging each other on. And when it gets the hardest that it's ever has, and that's to you too, congregation, you plead the blood of Jesus. You call out on the blood of Jesus. It never loses its power. So let's pray. Father, what was done here this morning is because of you, Father. You're glorified in this house, Father. I pray the blood of Jesus over this family. I plead the blood of Jesus over every heart, mind, and soul. The, the bondages that, just been, that the people have just been released from have to go in the precious name of Jesus, Lord. And I claim that in, the, in your name, Lord. You do your good and mighty work, and you complete it. So today, God, I thank you for what's done in this house. Go with us. Until we meet again, Lord, just be with us everywhere we go. Holy Spirit, we're relying on you, and God, we're depending on you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Have a great day, guys.
Take my 
Tania, and I invite you to feel the presence of the Lord at HolyRadio.org. Hola, te habla Tania, y te invito a sentir la presencia del Señor en HolyRadio.org. This is Devious Dan on Holy Radio, holyradio.org. And I'm coming to you with the verse of the week this week. Today, I'm going to be reading Psalms 100, verses 1 through 5. I love this passage. I learned this passage back when I was a young lad, back in elementary school, first grade, many years ago. But this is when the passages I memorized from the Old Testament that I love. So Psalms 100 verses 1 through 5. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise and into his courts with praise be thankful to him and bless his name for the lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures forever this passage reminds us to be thankful to shout make a joyful noise as some translations say King James Version says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, 
Hawaii lands 